0: Para detalles. Cassandra Sánchez Navarro junto a Katherine Siachoque y Verónica Bravo en la nueva serie de comedia original de Vix, Consuelo, disponible en la app de Vix ya.
1: Today we're going to talk about entering the solid stage. It's such an exciting time for parents, but it can also be totally nerve-wracking. Do we do parades? do we do solids, and what is baby-led weaning? Our special guest, Jenny, the founder of Solid Start, is going to talk us through baby-led weaning and teach us about this great option for starting food with your bake. We read the books, we bought the things. We thought we were ready. And then
2: life took our plans and changed them. I'm Karen, I'm Victoria's mommy, and I
1: work in tech. And I'm Pamela. I have a baby boy named Ford, and I'm a journalist. And although we're both first-time working moms... We're actually pretty different. And that's totally okay. Because we both agree that our
2: most important work is raising our kids. We really need each other and can only get through this together. Welcome to Motherish Moments. Hi, hi everyone. Welcome to another episode. I'm very excited about this one. I know, me too. This is, so this is a good episode because I always say that this is a good episode. I'm biased. <laughs> but I feel like this is a topic that we've bonded over a lot. I'm so excited to share this with you guys.
1: Yeah, this is definitely a learning one, right? There's a lot of emotional ones. and mm-hmm. But this one is uh, one that I think we're going to learn from a lot. Yeah, And we're hoping other mothers do. And it's, is, a it is, it's a hot topic. It is. a hot topic. It is. Because <laughs> I think there's, I, for example, I learned so much that, I thought I was introducing solids to my child and I really wasn't introducing solids to my child. So if you're, I think you're going to learn a lot. All right, so let's jump into our motherish moment of the week. Uh, well, <laughs> since we're talking about food and solids, I think my moment's going to be one related to that. Ford is eating, I want to say maybe he's on his eighth vegetable. We started fruits, but the big one for me were eggs.
2: Oh yeah, that's
1: a, yeah, that's a did top eggs allergy. We and peanut butter, which mm-hmm. were the two that I was so oh, nervous yeah. about. So I literally just, I put the egg there on his little tray and I just stared at him like, ready you know because you hear so many things about he has an allergy reaction yeah. i have the benadryl ready called the doctor i did get a great tip which was when you ever you do any of those foods make sure it's during the week just in case you have to run to your doctor or see mm-hmm. someone or call someone which i would have never thought of that no, right like smart. you're just that's like really okay smart. what i'll do it on a saturday or sunday so i was like you know what let me wait till monday so i did eggs monday tuesday wednesday he loved it like as he does most foods so far <laughs> And if you see yeah. any pictures of him, you understand why he loves foods. But it was great. So he did a little eggs. It was the first time, I think I called you on this, that I thought he was choking. And I know it's a huge difference between when they gag and they mm-hmm. choke. And we're going to get into that a little bit in a few minutes when we speak to Jenny. But I did have a very scary moment, you know, with him. Because he was able to put a lot more than I thought he was going to be able to put in his mouth. Again, four is seven months now. And he still seems very babyish to me. He's a baby. Mm-hmm. But it's incredible, his instinct to feed himself. It's just, it has really surprised me a lot. You know, it was a moment there where he put so much egg in his mouth and I got scared, but it was fine. I let him handle it on his own, obviously watching him the whole time. Um, But yeah, I was so excited that he got through, through those. Well, good job. I'm, I'm proud of you because I know it's an accomplishment for him, but it's also an accomplishment
2: for you. So my motherish moment, it's small, minor, but pretty emotional for me. So I love decorating for Christmas. I'm basically an elf. Uh, you know, come November 2nd, maybe let's say November 5th or so, I transition into an elf. And every year I decorate my house like it is an amusement park outside. My poor husband has been dealing with this forever. He was basically the Grinch, but he has evolved (laughs) since then. But I always thought like one day when I have a baby... It's going to be so fun to share this with the baby and they're going to love it. Last year, Victoria was seven months, eight months. So she was just kind of like clueless. But this weekend we decorated with her and we were opening boxes of all the outdoor stuff. And like, she's very expressive. So she was just like, wow, mama. Like, and I was holding back tears the whole time as I am right now. Because I'm like, I've waited my whole life for this. It's so cute. Um, So cute and it was so fun. And it was one of those things that I always imagined happening. And then it did. And so it was great.
1: All right, let's go ahead and intro our guest. Oh, before we get to Jenny, I wanted to highlight Karen. Because this is one topic where I know we've spoken a lot about lactation and how we struggle with breastfeeding. But then it came solids. And I think this is where you were like, okay... This is where I thrive. <laughs> I got this. I got this. And actually, you were one of the first person that I think actually did baby led weaning that I actually knew about. I had heard about it. I had been reading about it. And again, we'll get into what exactly is that and why we chose to do it. But you were actually the first person that I knew had actually done it. And I had seen videos of Victoria eating and you really did a great job documenting it as well, which is very helpful for other mothers. Yeah, but I was very impressed. And I was just curious. Like, where did you hear about it or why did you decide to do it?
2: I had never heard of it prior to
1: realizing that it was like I was approaching the time to start solids. When I first thought of solids, you think of like, okay, I'll give him like a little, you know, cereal mm-hmm. and I'll do a little bit puree and then, you know, we're Latin, so we'll yeah. do like I a little I bit vegetables of vegetables purée her. de malanga. Totally. Like, yeah. yeah,
2: I imagined that I was going to make all her purees and I was going to have Spoon-y them stored her, perfectly. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when I discovered baby led weaning um, while I was researching, like preparing myself for... Which wore, pretty much
1: means I'm. That- it will give us a more sophisticated definition yeah, of it.
2: But it's basically like starting with actual solid pieces of food versus spoon-feeding purees in a nutshell. But I was very excited about this and I thought I think a huge part of it is like observing your baby and seeing how they are. And Victoria was very woke. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it, but like she was very alert. She was very quick with like certain development aspects and stuff. So I felt like this might be a good thing for her. And when I started Prepping my husband about it He was like Okay cool Like you lead the way You know what you're doing I got into a fight with him Several fights Because I was like You're not researching Baby led weaning (laughs)
1: That's another thing because you want people to be as involved and as committed to it as you are, right? So again, we're both working moms so there's going to be plenty of time where your child or our children are not with us, right? Right, right. And that's where you need to have everyone kind of join the team Mm -hmm. and be on the same program as you are and that has been my biggest... But anyway, so starting it with her, I mean, in my specific experience, I started it
2: and then I chickened out and I stopped doing it because I got scared and then I watched Like for, I don't know, two and a half hours, one night, watched a bunch of YouTube videos about it. And I felt confident again the next morning. And I was like, no, I can do this. Like, And that was where I learned a pivotal piece, which I think you know I'm going to try to bring up with Jenny about the difference between choking and gagging. But that was it for me. That was the moment where I was like, I can do this and I can do
1: this with her. So Jenny is the founder of Solid Starts. And mm-hmm. that is one of the pages that I found when I was researching about baby led weaning and how to feed Ford. And I got started pretty early, probably was about two months before I actually had to do it. So when he was four months, which is ironically when a lot of my friends We're starting their solids um, and I refused to do it because I just, he couldn't, he wasn't sitting yet, he was too little, I just didn't think he was ready. So I waited and I came across this page called Solid Starts, another friend had recommended it also and it kind of shows you like how to cut certain food, the benefits of each food, you know, the top 10 food you should introduce your Mm -hmm. baby to and the foods you should not ever introduce your children to. I just thought it was very informative and very easy to follow and then we just connected. Suddenly, when I learned about baby led weaning is
2: when I started realizing that some people that I knew had actually done it as well. So I have a coworker that she has a really cool account on Instagram called Chichero Gourmet. Um, She lives in Mexico. She's from Argentina. But her baby, I think, is five months ahead, maybe, of Victoria. I saw that she did it. So I started asking her and then getting recipes. And then I found a plethora of Instagram accounts, especially Instagram accounts from Latin America, which was even more kind of exciting for me to try to come up with like different recipes for this food journey that had kind of that cultural aspect as well and I love to cook so this
1: all it was just like a and I hate to cook so <laughs> to me has been like this is sacrificial love like, yeah literally for me every time I make something by make I mean throw it into a machine and Karen because you just watched me was witness to me making steamed steaming
2: some pears, pears. I know <laughs>
1: um but for me it's like very um important and it's been tough for me
2: i love it this is what babies do they push you out of your comfort zone and they make you do things that you know they make you do the work that maybe you didn't realize you had to do
1: okay so let's 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 talk to jenny
0: Punto com Cassandra Sánchez Navarro junto a Katherine Siachoque y Verónica Bravo en la nueva serie de comedia original de Biggs, Consuelo. Disponible en la app de Biggs. Jack.
1: So Jenny is a mom of three. The last are twins. She's the founder of Solid Starts, a resource for new parents who are wanting to educate themselves on feeding their babies and helps educate specifically around finger foods. as We have been mentioning the famous baby lettering. <laughs>
2: The team consists of like other moms, feeding therapists, pediatricians, and allergists, pediatric dietitians, that's a mouthful, lactation consultants, and a nutritionist. So it's her together with this broad team, so very informed, and hopefully this will be very educational for you if you're thinking about starting this journey with your baby.
1: So welcome, Jenny. Thank you so much for joining us today on Motherish. This is a topic that we're very excited about, has also been very overwhelming and stressful and I'm very grateful to Karen, who actually has been my, well, between both of you, I think I've had a lot of guidance with this topic.
2: This is is one of my favorite topics because it's one of the only areas that I actually feel I did a good job. I did baby led weaning with my daughter, and it's one of those where I'm like, this is my strong point. I got this, like, because all the other (laughs) areas.
1: But from from your experience,
3: why do you think this topic of introducing solids to our babies could be so stressful? Well, it's loaded in history, right? I mean, there's all of that. Before 1920, there wasn't even a category of food called baby food. It was just food, right? And food that was either pre-chewed or mashed up or strained and given to baby. But it wasn't like this special aisle in the grocery store, you know? And and so there's the history of how we got here. And there's a lot of marketing involved in advertising to our grandparents in that and our mothers. And, you know, you have the rise of formula and companies telling moms they shouldn't be breastfeeding anymore. There's, there's a lot of mom guilt sort of built into the history of baby food and that marketing story, which I can geek out with you at another time. But putting that aside, there's just an absence of information. I mean, I know when I was starting baby led weaning with my twins, I have an older one as well. You know, one of the reasons we created this platform at Solid Starts is because I couldn't find what I was looking for in a trustworthy way. Like there was mom blogs and, you know, this and that, but there wasn't that like institutional site, like, you know, La Leche, for example, for breastfeeding, like there's so much information out there for breastfeeding or bottle feeding down to the exact exact ounce that your baby should have at what time of day. But the scarier part for me was handing over real food, right? And I knew that I really wanted to do sort of a real food approach to starting solids, but I couldn't find the information I needed that made me feel confident as a mother that I was choosing the right thing, that I was doing it in the right way, that I was cutting it in the safe way and all of that. So I think when you combine the lack of sort of credible information on the topic, and also tons of conflicting information. My gosh, we have moms come to us, hundreds and hundreds of moms every single day saying, my pediatrician says this, my mom friend says this, (laughs) my mother says this, and it's all in conflict, right? So I think what we're seeing with the generation of moms right now, our generation is that they're really questioning history. They're questioning the way things were always done. They're not necessarily listening to their parents anymore and they're not necessarily listening to their pediatrician anymore either. They're really kind of taking in their mom community, looking at what's available on social media and piecing together a way that feels right for them. Inherent in that is going to be this constant questioning of yourself, right? Am I doing it right? Yes. And let's start with the basic okay. question. Yeah. What is baby-led women? So baby lead weeding, it's a terrible name. And the founder, Jill Rapley will attest to that as well. But it's a name that was born in the UK. And it basically is a method of introducing solid food by starting with finger food. So real finger food, like a piece of steak, as opposed to, say, a puree on a spoon. So skipping over the spoon feeding stage, if you will, and go right to to finger food.
1: I was surprised because when I started talking with Karen about, you know, getting ready, it's going to be six months and I was asking Karen because I had a lot of doubt like we said because a lot of the other moms were like well we're starting at four months and you know my mom said it's okay to start four months and we're making all these curates and it was just a lot of information yeah. right I couldn't tell what was right what was wrong what led you to create this platform in terms of like what were you thinking or how to structure it right because you get all this information like what was your method in terms of like how do I provide this information in the most mm-hmm. clear easiest way for moms
3: yeah, I mean, for me, so the sort of crown jewel of our platform is the free First Foods database, which is a an online database that you can look up any food, eventually any food, we're still building it, and see exactly how to cut it for the age of your baby, see videos of other babies eating that food, information on allergens, choking, and all that. For me... I totally got behind the idea of baby lead weaning and finger food rapidly. Once I read the material and it made sense to me, right? And it made sense for me to question the length of time that we're spoon feeding our kids and how that kind of arrests their development in a lot of ways. But putting oral development aside, which I won't bore you guys with, I needed to see it. I needed to see babies reaching for the food. I needed to see them munching it. I needed to see them swallowing it. I needed to to see it over and over and over again for me to feel comfortable with that approach. But I also needed to know, like, is this nutritious? Whoa, what are the best foods? Since I'm not buying a jarred um, food that presumably someone has analyzed the nutrition of and made sure it's, you know, perfect for babies. I'm now in my kitchen going, okay, well, Can babies eat mango? And at what age? And is the slippery texture a choking hazard? It brings all these questions, right? Firing all these questions for me that I felt for the typical, I would say, American mom to embrace this kind of feeding approach... They're going to need the comprehensive, the everything, like they need to know everything about every food. They need to know everything about the nutrition. They need to know everything about allergens and choking. It's a community that is exhaustive in their research. So I happen to fit into that (laughs) category. (laughs) And so I created essentially what I needed, the platform that would answer every single question about starting solids when it comes to finger food.
2: And I think it's extremely resourceful. So when I was looking into starting solids with my daughter, with Victoria, the things that mainly caught my attention from Baby led Meeting were related to sharing something as a family, so making it something be like a family moment. I wanted her to sit at our table with us. I also thought that what resonated with me was all this information around how during this stage, it's a pivotal kind of foundational relationship with food that she's going to have for the rest of her life. It made me question things about my childhood. I was like, wait a minute, what did my parents do? Question my own eating habits. It's almost like I have this blank slate and I'm allowed and able to educate myself to like form something very beautiful for her. So that's How was-
1: important is um, genetic culture when it comes to food? You know, when you give this guidance, what advice do you give people when it comes to considering what traditionally is part of like, you know, the way your mom fed you or what's accepted in a Hispanic family, yeah. uh, you know, the token is a big thing. How important is or how linked are, is culture with food?
3: I mean, for me, they're completely linked in a way that it's impossible to separate. But I think it depends on who you ask and what their upbringing was like. You know, I think there are some moms that we interact with who just want like the most nutritious food. And, you know, they don't necessarily care if the baby's at the table. They just want to make sure that like every bite counts. There are other moms and particularly those from different countries that follow us. We have like like 175 countries um, using the database on a daily basis, which is blowing my mind. It's only like 190 something, right? But I'm finding particularly ones from Latin America, from Asia, the Middle East, like food culture is deep. It is like a part of their family fiber and completely, you can't separate it. And yet some of these cultures are the most likely to spoon feed commercial purees for the longest period of time. So why is that? Isn't that interesting? I don't have the answer for you here, but what I can say is that feed your baby according to your values. If it's important for you to come to the table once a day after work, whatever, everyone comes together, then do that from day one. Because starting that kind of habit is impossible to do after age two, right? They're running around, it's going crazy. And for us as well, life gets busier, right? It's a different kind of hard in mothering as your child gets older. So if you want those traditions or those sort of family routines, if those are important to you, you have to do it from day one, I think. And the same goes for, say, spicy food. We can't expect a baby who's never been exposed to anything with any like full flavor or heat or spice to, as a toddler, when they Are more wary of new things and strong flavors than they are as a six month old, say, we can't expect that toddler to taste something new. And in fact, it may be years for them to be willing to embrace it. From six to 12 months, there is this beautiful period of time in their development where they're just wired to explore. And you see it, they're picking up everything, they're putting it in their mouth, they want to touch, they want to smash, they want to pour, they want to do everything. They are wired to to explore, and that goes with food. So many moms, you know, you'll talk to, will say, my six-month-old will eat anything. My 12-month-old, not so much. So we really want to take advantage of that six to 12-month window and put in the traditions, the food culture, whatever the flavors are that are important for your family early on so that by 12 months, that child sees those flavors, those food traditions, those family practices as normal. Then you've got a chance. Set kind of preserving that as it goes into the picky eating okay. state. We're both Peruvian, so <laughs> are you okay? <laughs> um, what are the benefits? Now that I'm doing it, I
1: get questioned a lot by my other mommies. Oh, why are you doing that? you so stressful. Oh, my God, i sent videos where I'm like, oh my God, you can see his brain. Like I can see Ford, like figuring it out on his own. And it's just like my heart wants to explode, but to so other moms more morning, but why are you putting him through that work? Why do you stress yourself out
3: with the gagging? You know, it's hard for me to explain the benefits. So if you guys could help me. Fair questions, right? Because I think it does feel a little more stressful at the beginning until, like you say, you start seeing things kind of click. So from physiology and development perspective, babies who start solids with baby led weaning or finger food tend to develop more quickly with their fine motor skills, with their oral motor skills, So the tongue lateralization, moving food to the side of the mouth, the chewing, moving it back and swallowing, all of those things that have to happen when you're serving your baby a puree off of a spoon, they are sucking to swallow. That is really important. They're sucking to swallow. They are not chewing. Okay. and the same thing with the pouch. So you're not actually making that leap from bottle to solids, truthfully, not from a oral motor perspective. So when we see babies start with finger foods and honestly, the larger, the better, It's mapping their tongue. It's pressing points on their tongue that helps them remember where this piece of food is. Let me give an example that one of our feeding therapists shares with me all the time. If you eat a hard-boiled egg, and let's say there's a little tiny piece of shell still left on the egg, you are able as an adult to go, oh, there's a piece of shell in my mouth. You find it, your tongue kind of moves it forward, and you spit it out that's not necessarily possible for a 6-month-old. Their tongue doesn't have that kind of sensory ability yet. So, it needs a lot of kind of poking and prodding and pressure for them to find where food is on their mouth. If we're just giving purees and spoon-feeding, we're missing a huge part of learning to eat. And I will tell you that my entire team of doctors and, you know, we have a pediatrician, we have an allergist, we have feeding therapists, we have dietitians and nutritionists, and lactation consultants, the entire team worries far more about the baby who is spoon-fed, perfectly thin purees with no texture for too long, than they are about a six-month-old munching on a piece of steak, because the child with the purees isn't actually learning to eat; they're sucking to swallow. So the benefits to me are honestly choking prevention later on. It's something that no one really talks about, but we worry much less about the toddler who learned to chew properly at six months old, sitting safely in a high chair, and arms reach from mom, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Then we do the puree toddler who's now running around at daycare with a piece of food, and you can't make them sit down, and they're mobile, right? So we want to make sure that you get those skills in early on while they're seated in a safe environment and while they're primed to learn. So I would say primarily it's learning to eat. They're learning to eat much quicker, and in turn, that makes them a safer eater, I think. Boost
0: Mobile tiene una gran oferta para que aproveches tu reembolso de impuestos al máximo y te mantengas conectado. Al cambiarte a Boost, recibe un 50% de descuento en tu primer mes de datos ilimitados. O, con un plan ilimitado de 40 dólares, llévate un Samsung Galaxy A15 5G por $39.99. Obtén los mejores teléfonos en las redes 5G más grandes del país. Con Boost Mobile, cambiarse es fácil. Solo visita BoostMobile.com. Boost Mobile, sin miedo al éxito. te nuevos y solamente en línea requiere HBO 50% de descuento en el primer mes. Queremos un plan de 25 al mes. Aplican otras restricciones. Visita boostmobile.com para detalles. Cassandra Sánchez Navarro junto a Katherine Siachoque y Verónica Bravo en la nueva serie de comedia original de ViX, Consuelo, disponible en la app de ViX ya. Jane, so the
2: single most impactful thing that helped me have the confidence to proceed with baby-led weaning was when I understood the difference between choking and gagging. Yes. And I had to watch a lot of videos so that I was prepared when my baby started eating and would potentially gag in front of my mom or my mother-in-law I could manage them
3: and let her do what she needs to do. Can you please go into the difference between choking and gagging? Thanks for asking. So, well, first of all, every single baby on the planet, puree or, you know, finger food is going to gag. It's part of the process. So a young baby, like a six month old baby's gag reflex is on the front of the tongue right there. It's not back here. like So we have a very visceral reaction watching gagging because for us, it feels like it's back here, right? Like, oh my gosh, I might choke. Something's gotten too far back. There are a number of built-in reflexes in an infant's mouth to protect them from choking. So what is gagging? Gagging is triggered when that tongue point is hit. So anything, a piece of rice is going to make your baby gag, right? It could be so, so small. A bread often makes babies gag. And it's just that body's reflex to say, whoop, I think this is maybe too big or it's not chewed or it's too far back. I'm going to push it forward. And it's a really strong kind of thrusting, retching uh, reflex. And sometimes it's followed by a little bit of vomiting as well, which is also harmless. And most babies actually just keep on eating. (laughs) Like right right (laughs) through it and right after and you know, to the rest of us like, ah. So gagging is a completely like built, mother nature built in protection for choking. If your baby is gagging, it doesn't mean you served something that was the wrong size or something that was not safe. The gag reflex slowly moves back toward the back of the throat as the child gets older. Another reason to do finger food early on, because if you wait until 12 months to introduce finger food, that gag reflex is already back here. You've missed the window of Mother Nature protecting. So we want our babies to learn how to eat real food when those protections are in high gear, right? So gagging is just that thrusting forward, harmless, you know, you didn't do anything wrong. It's gonna happen a lot, like a lot, a lot, a lot. And it takes a while to go away. One of the best things you can do to kind of work the reflex out or help map the tongue more quickly is to work with long, hard sticks of food. So spare ribs a mango pit is amazing for this like foods that kind of act like teethers if you think of it that way like corn on the cob or things your baby can't necessarily bite through but take a lot of work to to work with and that they can kind of poke around and honestly just handing over a baby spoon as well and let them kind of poke around and even gag themselves occasionally that will help them figure out where things are in their tongue kind of advance everything more quickly. Now let's talk about choking So choking is the complete obstruction of the airway, baby can't breathe, the food is lodged in the airway, and you know, they may be really wide-eyed, definitely not breathing, definitely not crying. And definitely not coughing, right? If your baby is crying or coughing or making any kind of noise, they're probably breathing. So you can assure yourself that's gagging and not and not choking. So let's step back for a moment. The size of a baby's trachea, their airway, is about the size of a drinking straw. Tiny, tiny, tiny. I say this not to freak you out, but actually to hopefully educate you on for something to actually get stuck in a straw. It actually has to be like kind of perfectly round. This is why marbles are one of the most dangerous things to have around babies. They're hard, they're round, and they're slippery. So yes, the airway expands and grows as the child gets older. It's not like a straw that has no expansion to it, it has some, but a gigantic piece of steak, for example, is not going to get stuck in there. It's gonna be gagged forward. It'd be really difficult, actually. But a perfectly cut cube of chicken or Maybe. Right. Maybe. So this is why we often say bigger is better and safer for six month old babies, babies in the six to nine month range, really. And then the older we like to go down really far in size when their pincer grasp develops and they can pick up smaller pieces of food. So bigger is not only better, it is safer. And what I really worry about more when it comes to choking are those really kind of like perfectly round, slippery foods that a baby might try to swallow whole. So A blueberry worries me far more than a strip of a bone. Yeah. For me, for example, the Solistar's Instagram is
1: so helpful because. We're both working moms. You have to leave someone else in charge of the baby while he's eating. I'm like, okay, this is the picture. This is how you have to cut it. It's very visual. And I have been very impressed with how important it is the cutting of the yeah. food. So I'm either texting Karen or <laughs> looking at in the, the Instagram. And I think, what's your advice? And both of you could tell me in terms of informing other people, right? Because when you have to delegate to someone else, like, I trust myself. Yeah. I feel like I know what my kids got. Yeah. whatever. when it comes to delegating, eating to someone else, the care of your child,
3: what has been your best? Thank yes. I totally know what you're talking about, and frankly, that's my husband. In many cases, like I love him, but I don't. I don't know, just for peace of mind, you it's know. Honest. But it is very yeah, hard for me to kind of explain it and, so and thoroughly.
2: What I ended up Someone doing, so with our with my nanny, is that I would step with her. I was like, "Look, if you can smoosh the food with your mm-hmm. with these two fingers, then that's a good texture." And and I I would try to do breakfast together because she was really scared. She had never seen anything yeah. like. Her. She right. would tell me she was like never seen anyone do what you're doing and and I'm like I know and trust me we're doing the right thing so I try to Handhold as much as possible, but definitely once I was out the door, I, I hope that I did the best that I could to prep her.
3: I, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's hard to hand something off like that, I think, on many levels. And I'll be completely honest when my husband is watching the twins, or when he was, when they were like six months old or eight months old, I totally gave them like low choking risk foods on the menu because <laughs> you don't want to, you moms need to be able to step away. And if they can't fully step away, I don't think it's healthy for anybody, right? Um, it's not healthy for the caregiver relationship and it's not healthy for the mom to like have a little space. So you need to trust what you're doing and trust the people that you're leaving your child with and trust that they are cutting the food in a way that makes you feel safe. That said, what I do with caregivers who are not as familiar with baby lead weaning or grandparents or daycare, for example, is I recommend the really long, big, hard sticks of food. Your baby cannot choke on a mango pit. Cannot. It's too big and you shave most of the mango off, and there's still some there. So they're working their jaw strength. They're sucking the vitamin C out of the fruit. They are getting a fair amount, and it's advancing the overall development of it. But you can rest assured that pretty much no matter what, aside from it hurling across the room and hitting your television, there won't be any damage done at that meal. So, what I like to do is combine those long, hard sticks of food, you know, spare ribs with some of the meat cut off, corn on the cob. You can even cut off some of the kernels if that makes you nervous, Uh, mango pit, uh, things like that, uh, with mashes and preloaded spoons. And that way, the caregiver is comfortable as well because we don't want our babies, they know when we're nervous, they can feel it, right? So, we want to make sure that whether it's the mom who's nervous about introducing solids this way or a caregiver, Caregiver, that whoever is sitting with the baby at the table is happy and it feels safe and comfortable and the baby's not picking up on any stress. This is so great. I think anyone who hopefully hears this and is in doubt might feel a little bit more comfortable after all of this.
2: So thank you. you.
3: I hope so. I mean, our, our hope overall is that we start to step back a little bit from history and the commercialization of baby food. And I I love a good yogurt pouch. Don't get me wrong. I really relied on those a lot. There's a place and a time for convenience, but I think we've been doing it for too long. And we're seeing kids now. Picky eating is on the rise. We did an analysis of Google searches, interestingly, and picky eating in all categories of food you could possibly think of. Everything about baby food and feeding. Picky eating is the number one searched thing. It is a huge problem. So you have the rise of allergies, you have the rise of picky eating. And I really believe that it stems back to prolonged exclusive spoon feeding of perfectly thin velvety purees. We were never necessarily meant to eat that way. And I think because they're easy and affordable and convenient that we tend to rely on them for far too long. We miss that critical window of development. And I'll just end with this interesting fact. So in 1880, the common age, like the average age, a parent would introduce solids their baby was, was 11 months old. We now know that six months old is the prime time to start from a developmental perspective. They're ready to put things in their mouth. They're able to sit up properly, which is safer from a choking perspective. And also from a nutrition perspective, the iron stores that they have from their mom, the nutrient iron, start to deplete at six months old. So we need to replace that with food, because breast milk and formula don't have enough. So we now know that six months is the best time to start and that's a pretty broad agreement in the medical community. But if you like really think about it, at age six months is also the time when they can reach and pick up food themselves. The American Academy of Pediatrics says as soon as your baby is able to reach for food and put it in their mouth, you should start finger food. But no one has questioned whether that gap is still like, is spoon feeding still necessary then? It was necessary when we were introducing solids to our babies at three months old in 1950 and five weeks old in 1955. Yeah. So after the Gerber advertising, the Gerber campaign, the age of starting solids went dropped to an average age of five to six weeks old because they wanted babies to start on their product earlier and be on it for longer hence the stages of food stage one stage two stage three junior foods toddler foods etc we started at 11 months in 1880 we plummet down to five to six weeks old in 1955 and now we're back up at six months But no one has questioned, is spoon feeding still necessary then? I think this is all to say that like with many things in our history, and our past, there's sometimes a good thing comes and we do it too well or we we take it too far. And I think that's certainly the case with convenience baby food and commercial baby food. I think we've gotten really far away from real food so far as that we're terrified to introduce real food, but that's all that there was before. It's just that we weren't there to experience it. So I think this generation is the one that will change the tide. And when our daughters, our parents, you know, will be much more, less shocked, right? <laughs> With different feeding styles and, and all of that. So thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Right, everyone, i everyone the one more information, which has been very helpful to me. I'm Thank you so much. And I'm hoping we'll have the Spanish site and resources up probably mid mid to late 2021. So it's going to be a little while. It's a big lift for us, but we just hired the team. I'm really proud of them and really excited to work with them. The app will be in Spanish as well. Well,
2: whatever you need, we're happy to help as well. Thank
3: you. Thank you. Thank I'll take you up on that.
2: <laughs> well, that was really informative and really amazing. I, I love her. her. Also, she was, like, very nurturing.
1: And I think we need a whole episode as to how do you do this with three (laughs) children. And they're so adorable. If you follow her Instagram account, she documents her twins and Charlie, which is her five-year-old. And she's, like, a super mom and a major juggler. And I think she's someone that we look up to.
2: Yeah. All right. So, as always, let us know if you are going to try baby-led weaning. We'd love to see what you're doing. And of course, always check with your pediatrician for any major decision like that.
1: Check- and then we'll go ahead and share pictures of Ford and Victoria yes. doing their eating adventures. Yes,
2: we're going to share those. It's a big mess, but it's super fun. And yeah, so follow us on Instagram at Motherish and we'll see you again next time. Thank you so much. Thank you.